You're listening to the Wireheads Podcast. Shut up. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy. <clears throat> actually, I'm not a boy anymore. I'm actually a relatively grizzled man. <laughs> SB Gossips. SB, SB Gossips. <laughs> Here with Trizale. Mm-hmm. And it's Beezy. Or Trizale, or... for those of us who don't like being fancy. Trizale. Trizale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a particular type of drink? Like an ale? It's yeah. Trizale? You got it. He's on bread. How much thirst do you quench? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> With yet another episode of the Wireheads Podcast. Wireheads Podcast. Yeah, man. And this We're is here like... for another episode of um, <clears throat> Hot Topics. With SBZ. Kick it off, girl. Hot, hot topics. topics. Hot topics. You got any hot topics? I talked to somebody. Hot to weave that's itchy. I talked to someone at the polyclinic today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I can't help but repeat how she was talking to me. Like it was the most ghetto experience. It was the most ghetto, fabulous experience I ever had. Because she gave me the answers I wanted. It's how she was doing it. That was hilarious. <laughs> but are you laughing at indigenous Barbadian culture? Barbadiana, man. Love That's it. Like, Love it. What are you doing? So I told to the girl at the Maurice Blair Play Clinic. Real MVP. Real MVP. I don't even know her name, but yeah. Top notch. <laughs> that name my dear. <laughs> well, before so, we yeah. jump into it, before we jump into it, I know we don't have a lot of time tonight, but how is everybody doing? I mean, Barbados has been through some... <laughs> trying times but not as trying as our friends over in St. Vincent so um, you know our hearts go up to the to to the country and everyone over there um for sure I don't even know what to say I heard um Salt was on the radio talking this morning about a Rasta man that claimed the summit he broke he broke the red zone yes yes because it's come for your roster people, man. When the man break, break the red zone and then up on the summit, that could that can't be have been good for him. Like, uh-oh. no, but you know, I, it couldn't have been good for him. No, but here's my question: Did that man complain? Complain? <laughs> Not no. Maybe his lungs did, but he surely didn't. Well, I mean, I could say something kind of, you know. Uh, restricted to just him and say that once he was okay, then he had the choice to go up there if he wanted to or not. No, mm. no, no. Once you, once mm. in St. Vincent, so once you, in St. Vincent, once you declare a emergency and evacuation order is given and they're told specifically to stay in the red zone, is actually against the directive and law. Right, That's right. So, yeah, he brought the law. Yeah, I mean, of course it is. Don't get me wrong. I understand emergency procedures very well, given what I do. Oh, it, it, it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is one lava man Rodriguez is the hiker who goes to infamy for his repeated jaunts up the La Souffre mountain has been arrested. So here's my thing with what he did. It is dangerous. Again, yeah, that's it's against the law. It's dangerous. He went on the summit the day that it erupted. He went in the morning or early in the day and it erupted in the afternoon. That's totally wild to me. But the footage was not even useful. Like he was moving around so much that like you couldn't even see 
it was so even if I wanted to use it, even if somebody wanted to use the footage and say, okay, well, he went there wrong, but at least he has some good footage of the creator you know, where the, where the events are releasing whatever debris or whatever the case may be. It was like, you just went there to say, yeah, be look at me. What do you want? You know that he went there just to say, look at me. You want man to have good um, cameraman skills along with his climbing ability? Get out of here. It was, he wasn't alone, you know. Pardon me? He wasn't alone. If you look in the video, you will see somebody else walking through the video. Oh, well, even better. The man had a companion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, though. So, um, nonsense. Dohesh might, <laughs> Dohesh might not have been a word that I use, but yeah, nonsense. Um, another thing is that I would say this. Between the pandemic, the lockdowns, the, you know, going through hurricane season um the ash was like all right all right man we get it but after the while i get it i get it all right man we have sinned and we are asking for forgiveness at this point because well you know i i wasn't so sure about the sins of man right although i do know of a group called the sons of man which was a really cool giant offshoot however i was more saying to myself you know what the earth is tired. Gaia is done with our asses and it would like us to stop. Stop messing with my climate. Stop digging up my skin looking for minerals and oils. Clear the pandemic. Shudder, shudder, volcano in <laughs> So you, so you, yeah, you, in your strong. opinion, in your opinion, all that's been going on is just kind of like a, the earth's response to all the negligence and BS that humans have been doing to it for centuries that's that's your take uh who me yeah SB gossips yeah SB no, gossips not just being a troll okay all right that's fine and and to that maybe we should jump on into these hot topics <laughs> oh wait what i would say on that is this i know that we can never compare our experience to people that are from the red zone especially and in st Vincent directly um but what i would say is that that ash thing is nothing like I expected. It literally, I don't know by if you all, by all the same year, it was snowing. I went out the Saturday. So this no, this Saturday, Saturday. I actually was out the Saturday like a normal day. I mean, I know it's cloudy and stuff like that, but I carried on about my day like regular. I went home and it progressively got worse until the part like when I really could not see the top of my car anymore. I was like, okay, well, this, you know what? I go in my bed. When I woke up the next day, I was like, what the hell? It was, I, I thought I had been colorblind because <laughs> the world was great. Like, what? And then I had to leave home to go check on something. And then I kind of got stuck there because then I was like, well, shit, I can't drive back home. Like, in this. Yeah, my water that I would need to use to clear my windshield alone. Like, I, and then I remember when I finally could leave, I felt like I was driving through the like the the scene in the Walking Dead. These those like um, scenes on the highway when it's just like dusty and you you be like you can't see for miles. Like I could not see ca cars coming at me with daytime running lights. I could not even see them. It was a post-apocalyptic landscape. It was. I mean, oh yeah, that's I mean, don't say that so nonchalantly, nonchalantly that like it was honestly. I know COVID 
COVID in of itself is, is way more scary than what we went through. But to be honest, like it struck a lot more fear in my heart when we had that heavy ash fall and being stuck indoors and getting like, I'm asthmatic. So like, I just say, I think every day, like during that whole week, I was using my inhaler like two or three times a day, which is probably not good for my heart. But that's what I was doing, you know, um, inside the house, hot, it just like, it was, oh, it was got her ridiculous. You got her in an AC bot fire like a mother here, like, Goodness. Like, you know, so I've been able to open a window. And I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that we had it the worst off because we're not even directly in St. Vincent. Yeah, for sure. But it was very trying. It was a very trying time. It's just like we already can do a lot of socially. We're, we're social beings, first of all, more often than not. We can do a lot outside. We finally were getting outside. Then we were back inside. And truthfully, it was just like, <laughs> all right. I appreciate the sun because I never thought I would see sun again. I appreciate the blue skies. Because I never yo, that is that is so real. That's such a real statement, yo. Appreciate the sun. I was uh, like, I'm not a sunbeam, but I definitely don't mind seeing it more often. Not I appreciate the rain because Lord have mercy, we use some water. And yeah. for sure. On that, I will just say, you know, I am following constantly the advice of professor richard robinson robertson he's very very smart like the caribbean has some very very talented and and gifted people so and i was glad that you could use him you know you didn't have to bring in like a team from somewhere else you resize my team is very very informed yeah so you know i really hope that i i heard a clip on your on your radio even saying that it could be going back into a last erotic state and i really hope that continues for the benefit especially of being sanctions and yeah so well um i know that you you asked trey i'm sorry to hear that you would have suffered with that um that, I mean, that's the whole thing about the fear of the ash. I was wondering, I was about to suggest that, you know, maybe it's because we can see the ash and we can see the immediate impact of it as opposed to COVID being this, you know, kind of invisible microscopic thing that, you know, you don't, and everybody's walking around asymptomatic anyway. Did I just say? So, you know, but um, sorry to hear that you went through that there. So, and SBZ, yeah, be the heat, the heat. You can't open your windows. And the thing is, I've just decided to open my windows ever since. And like, you know, it doesn't matter because the stuff is it, the stuff is particulate rock and glass. It doesn't dissolve in water. So when you mop it, you just kind of push it around. Like, but if you sweep it, it just blows up in the air and comes back down. It will be a while before we get rid of it. You know what, guys? I would just say, and then this going to hit hot topics too. Just, I appreciate life. I appreciate life a bit more. Oh. That's what I would say to that. I love when SBs get like philosophical. Are you serious? I never thought I would see the sun again. I'm telling you, when I wake up, yeah, I was like, something. Yeah, what, like the day where, where there was like blue sky, I was like, yo, the sky is blue. Actually, I had some friends, I guess, colleagues I work with in the UK, and I sent them a vid of what the actual day, like, wow, that looks like, that looks like London. And it just it just suddenly hit me how much how much I like what we have I take for granted I literally take a blue sky for granted 
we have blue sky like what maybe 85 90 percent of the year the sky is blue and there's color and the leaves don't look like shit <laughs> and yeah, I know that after this is there's a there's a rebirth and there is the the soul becomes very you know fruitful and stuff like that. But city plants dying and building and everything just great. Yeah, it's not what we're accustomed to. It's not we need sunlight for to you know vitamin D and stuff like that. That plays a big part in our systems. Yeah, I I can't imagine what it's like, and and I mean that's just our experience. We had a tip of it like a tip yeah. yeah and that did it to us so to be able to 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 be displaced from your home to not even be yeah sure i mean honestly like the um, situation you know is like like more ash than anyone can ever sweep away like like let's be real like i don't know where i didn't know i did not even know where to start here so i could not imagine where to start there yeah it's pretty but it's pretty horrible like comparison yeah, because you shouldn't wet it because it gets, you know, hard and heavy. Heavier, you try to brush it away, but you're brushing like micro particles that takes forever. The next day, if you wind blow it back again. It... Well, I, well, I saw, just, just to wrap this up, I saw that we, there were some, um, obviously, there have been a number of people on social media um, doing stuff for the cause um, to... To obviously, you know, raise money for the St. Vincent effort to help those in St. Vincent. So for anyone listening, we encourage you to, to please support however you can. I mean, in terms of donation, like it doesn't have to be crazy, you know what I mean? So we got to help any, each other. They're, they're literally taking anything, cans, water. And it did, make, it did make me think that we are so, and I put something up on my, uh, my IG about this, we're so interconnected. Yeah. like you know what i mean like i mean in my day-to-day -day, don't think about st vincent if i'd be totally honest with everyone here um but then it really made me think like wow we just yeah you know. because you can see people from st lucia were like posting when they can see i mean we're a little too we're a little further than that and so we won't be able to see and plus we're not that mountainous so we won't be able to see that much but from st lucia you can see the eruption you know it's they're literally we're all on the same tectonic plate right let's ask the smartest person in the room rob yeah. are we we're all on the same tectonic it. plate right uh i'm a biologist not a geologist thank you you're a smart guy um <laughs> but i but i do think i think we're all on the same tectonic plate. if um, if um I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure because um Given where St. Vincent is compared to Barbados, what little I know about geography indicates to me that there's obviously there are two tectonic plates, one being like the Caribbean plate. Yeah. One subducting or going underneath the other, causing the volcanic um, activity. Um, and Barbados is a sediment hub. So, like the plate up, like ground, like the seabed out of the ocean. And that's what Barbados is. Mm. Okay. Well, you know, to wrap this up, Trizale, COVID taught me that the world is, 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 is a dot because how fast it spread. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, SB. Another, another thing on that kind of note is, I think, a very, well, two things really. Oh, that actually hurt. Um, two things. One being the untimely passing of DMX. Man, we got so much hot topics. Like, we don't have enough time. Anyway, go on. Two, 
the word that was read for the George Floyd case. Three, and I know that he may not have been, you know, as prominent as some other rappers, but I remember when I watched the the first video that came out of Black Rob when he said that he when he was talking about his condition and being homeless. Yeah. What are you doing, man? You pelting everything in the pot one time. Listen, listen to me. Pot. This is like a big, what well, is a gumbo? What do you call that well, thing that you just well, throw everything in? It is gumbo. We, we got to break it down, SB. Let's give our um, homage. Let's give no. an homage to the um to, to those who have passed. We'll, can we, let's talk about DMX. I mean, wow. You 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 have, called him SB. You called him a lesser known rapper. Is that what you said? No 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 no. I meant Black Rob. Sorry. Oh. I mean, I was saying. Well, that, that hurts me too, though, because Rob. I mean, like, I when I think about early, it'll be early nineties, right? Rob. No, it wasn't early nineties. Late late nineties. Late nineties. Late. Yeah, it'll be late nineties. Uh huh. Because his whole his song "War" was like what two thousand. But that whole movement, that whole bad boy movement, because bad boy was on a huge run. Um, yeah, that was early 20s. That was the early 2000s, though. Yeah, so Shine, I mean, that, was that was about when, that was about when Diddy was um, causing careers to crash yearly. He was Diddy then, there, he, or he was Puff Daddy. That was like, how long ago it was. He, I think he was Sean, he was Sean Combs back then, I think. He was Diddy. You know, yeah, it is. Um, we know who we're talking about. Uh, well, we Sean Combs. We we know who we mean. Um, but like all along, what I was. But, but yeah, black. I mean, I know there's been a lot of um, conjecture about Puffy being responsible and Puffy should have done more. And I and I didn't really want to get too far into it because I don't know the full history of what really transpired there. Um, I don't know. SP gossips. Do you have any? Uh, you know, background P. on... That's who he was back then, P. Diddy. He yeah. was P. Diddy. Um, you have any background on what really transpired there? You know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened with Black Rob in that camp. I don't know. It's probably saying it happens to all of them. Uh, <laughs> so... I mean, I what is... Okay, so we know that um, Puff had a legacy of having people who... Um, you know, a, a, a legacy of persons who came onto his his group and then just never did anything after their first showing. There was Black Rob, there was um G Deck, there was Shine, there was um oh gosh, the girl group Total. Like it, like he became famous for creating one hit wonder. And it was always this thing about, you know, why is it that Puffy can't manage to create talent that is long, that has longevity that, it, you know, what is it? Is it that he does not support his artists afterwards? Is there not a sufficient amount of marketing? What is it that happens that the, the, the public loses interest in the sound of those artists? Because like none of those persons I just mentioned, I can think of having anything worthwhile in a second album or anything. To be fair with you guys, I was hearing Black Rob for a little while before that, you know, um, um, Puff had a, Puff Daddy had an album called, um, oh gosh, what was it called, album called No Way Out, Puff oh, yeah. Daddy in the Family, wow. right? Classic. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was like like um, a bit before 2000 when he dropped War and and um and I think it was like in 97, 98, somewhere around. War was in 2000 actually. War was in 2000, yeah. But Black Rob had a song on that album called um, "I Love You, Baby." That was hard as brown. I think that's when I first heard it, and I was like, "Who's this?" When I heard War, it was like, "Ah, like so he's coming up." You know, he got some shine on nowhere out, and now this is his breakout song. And who heard anything about Black Rob after that? I mean, I'm sure that there were fans who listened to his albums, but you know. But there was a, there's this thing, a running theme, and it goes back to even with um, Death Row, where Diddy was that guy that was always, it, it seemed, their thing was that it seemed more about him than the artist, like him dancing the videos and ad libbing and doing all these things. I'm, making the money because a lot of these people like when you think about like mario wayne is a loon loon was in jail the other day i think he came out recently um shine was in jail too through something to do with diddy allegedly <laughs> um these people you know never on top of not not really making it big quote unquote most of them they don't seem to have a lot to show for it um, I don't know how, besides like Faith Evans, who also had her own issues and Jada Kiss and all those, well, that was a lot, but that went on to do their own thing. A lot of these people that were on their label don't really, <laughs> it, it, it's like they fade into the background eventually. I don't know if, it, if it's just that, like he, he when he had like making the band stuff with like Danity King and the B5, DA26, and those they were so big and he created dirty money and they were so big and then it just stops. It's like and they never could make it on another label, they could never do anything else. Like, and it always seems like there's some sort of money issue. Like Craig is I think is the type of deals. I think yeah. the, 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 the types of deals that, that yeah, like, I, I believe that that's the thing with 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 Puffy, Puffy writes deals or draws up contracts that are obviously in the interest of him making the most money. Um, th th this is what I've been told by people who've been in the, who are in the industry overseas. That's what they said. Um, and then what happens is that oftentimes when an artist gets in a bad deal, they're, they're stuck there. They can't move on to another label because they already have a, a contractual agreement to put out xyz blah, blah 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 but then if the label doesn't have any faith in you they're not going to push you so then your push then comes back all to you um but again i think and, and that's why i i'm not gonna come out here and pretend that i'm an expert on the whole situation i i guess i just found it really well crazy that black rob and his death is now being pinned on. It, the narrative now is that it's about Puffy not taking care of, of artists. And I don't know, I don't know if it's completely fair. We can't stop him from having kidney failure. You know? well, but this, this is what I'm saying. I, I, I can't is, say I don't know what I don't know what his money was like. I don't know what money he made. I don't know if he could afford. I don't know. I do, but obviously we don't know. It's not Diddy's responsibility to take care of anybody. Um, unfortunately, if he did sign a bad deal and that's how the cookie crumble, and then that's you know, but nobody can stop him from having cancer, nobody can stop him from having diabetes, nobody can stop him from having those things. I guess the image that is portrayed is like, did he go on and live this fabulous? Like, his, all his artists seem to struggle, most of them. All I mean, 
almost all of them seem to struggle. That's that's the issue. Hopefully, almost that, all of your artists. All struggling. of them struggle, and I mean, maybe it is what you said earlier. Um, you know, um, people were were not willing to stay around in an environment where it was more about the dude dancing around in long coats than it was about you and your artistry. Yeah. Moving right along to the but he died of, um, I believe it was kidney failure at 52. Um, he had been suffering from health issues for a long time. He had strokes. He had all kinds of things. He was like homeless. four strokes, wasn't it? Yeah, he was homeless at a point. It seems. Um, yeah, he had some 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 hard. He had some hard um breaks after his. So he, so he had a he had a stint in prison. He was sentenced to seven years in prison in 2006 in connection with the hotel robbery from 2004 and served four years. I, um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I guess I kind of feel like it's not, yes, Puff Daddy, and I, I know we can, we can transition into DMS in a bit. I just, I just want to finally say that I, yes, Puff Daddy has probably done some unscrupulous things to artists that he has had, but I, I don't think it's all fair that he is that the death of Black Rob is being laid at his feet. Um, and I and I do believe that at the end of the day, he Black Rob, um, he he's an adult. I mean, business is business, but I mean it's not Diddy's job to take care of Black Rob. So I mean, my condolences go to Black Rob and his entire family and his fan base and whatnot, but that's just my take on it. But I think he's paying for the funeral, but um... yeah, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. So yeah, um, and then yeah. they're criticizing how he was, how he paid respects on Instagram. I was like, oh my gosh! Well, you know, yeah, everyone is gonna, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna face that backlash. But I guess it's it's understandable. But DMX, no, yeah, gutted. I feel pretty horrible about that. I actually just, I had recently watched the, I don't know if you guys caught it, the Drake Champs that DMX was on with. I have a hard time watching clips of people that you know have transitioned um but i have seen prayer to him actually being announced deceased um when he was in hospital like they were they were showing clips about how he felt about his life and you know if he were to die and that and that was just like you know he said he had a good life and i mean as much as you say that did you you're not really looking to die like the next month so um i think my thing with his death is more psychological than that or deeper than that because like we all know he's been struggling with addiction from age 14 he died at 50 so and he talked about how he got into that he talked about how he was i guess he was committing robberies or some sort of crime or something with some guy that he he, he had fallen with this guy and the guy was the guy passed him a joint list with cocaine, I think it was. And since then he was just like the proverbial blackie. Yeah, and I remember when he talked about it. I don't remember who who interviewed him and he spoke about it. He cried. And I mean like sobbed, like, why would you do that to a kid who's 14? The trauma that he went through as a child being beaten. Um, like as Fisby said, he's finally able to be at peace. He doesn't have to do anything for anybody. He doesn't have to 
worry he doesn't have to fight any demons he doesn't have to fight any battles he can just literally rest from for 50 years he's just been fighting demons and battles and that's just a terrible pressure to have to feel every day because somebody else i think it was him who speak said you know if you were thinking about it he's not a person that you see walking around with jewelry or cars or this or that he was very simple everything he did was for his children or for somebody else it was never what what did dmx get out of this he liked to rap okay you know um, he likes to do his own, he loved to do his own thing he was very very into um christianity and his belief in god and i feel like he would just rather be a preacher but you know he liked to rap well i guess he raps in his preaching but yeah that that, that was heavy that that one was heavy not just a loss of, loss of a life and loss of a legend and stuff like that, but it just the, 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 if you really go deep into his history about the arrest and time in jail and, you know, he, somebody said that, you know, he would go to jail to be in peace, to be away. He don't got to do nothing for nobody. He ain't got to make no albums. He ain't got to say no songs. He ain't got to fight no, no child support. He ain't got to worry about fighting with ass. Wife. He ain't got to do nothing, but just be in prison. He ain't got the drugs. You know that, he just quit. You know, um, you know the song How's It Going Down, which is like one of my favorite DMS records. Yeah. You guys familiar with that song? You know, he's talking about like moving cocaine in that song, right? And like a throwaway line. Um, and I, I I never realized it. I listened to that song so many times, watched it on um, what would it have been been back then? That would have been playing that 106 in part. No. No, it was before that. It could have been no MTV. No, I don't think. Yeah. No, it was definitely BT. I just don't know what the show Planet Groove. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, and when I heard the line, I was like, yo, that was like back in 1998 or something like that. And this dude was talking about like cocaine from back then. So like if this is something that's been a part of his life that he's been struggling with, like <laughs> that is it's chaos. it's chaos that he actually made it this far. It had to be a battle for real. Um, but I mean, if if it is like he was struggling that bad, I'm I'm happy that he's no longer in pain. But I mean, he left behind a daughter, right? Fifteen children. Fifteen. Oh wow. Wow. Okay. One wife. Wow. Correct. He had um. He became a dead crack cocaine when he was 14 years old. Because he was tricking to smoking marijuana, a marijuana cigarette laced with the drug. He also has bipolar disorder. He's been in rehab several times, um, 2000, 2017, 2019. He's been found unresponsive before. Um, in 2016, he was found unresponsive in a Ramada Inn. He was resuscitated using an um, anti-opioid drug. Um, uh, after that, I think struggling, and the thing is, wasn't he working on um, some um, some new music? He was because uh, um, new music. He has some things going on with TA. I believe I don't know if it was a movie or something or some biography. I mean, he had a song with um the Locks last year. Um, but yeah, he has um he has. Sad, he has um, a series of legal issues. He's been in jail 30 times. 3-0. Uh, that's what's listed here, according to them, including robbery, assault, carjacking, animal cruelty, reckless driving, driving under the influence, unlicensed driving, 
drug possession, probation, violation, failure to pay child support, and pretending to be a tax, uh, pretending to be a federal agent and tax evasion. Um, agent. Wow, some wild, wow, wild. Yeah, that is wild. That's you not should... normal. That's wild. Wow. But when you go about the thing, if if we, I, I can't remember where we watched it, but it was a thing that was talking about his child. If you talk, if you. If you listen to how his child was being beaten every day, mm-hmm. but it was either his mother, his stepfather, and then being sent to childhood homes and then being beaten there. And it's like, you never really learn how to function. Yeah. So I'm not saying the things that he did is okay, but. Right, right, right. But, but he was obviously. Like, was definitely a bottle. Like, yeah. it's unfortunate. And it's like that. Like some people have real success stories like Eminem. Eminem has been sober for I don't even know how many years now. And I don't know how he does it, but he really does stay out of the limelight. He does stay out of the... Well, you said you know. it. There, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it has more than that. Because, I mean, you could be home. Clearly, the MS is home. And mm-hmm. this happened to him. So, but yeah, he, he has 15 kids. He His lady, his youngest son, I believe, is three or four. He was engaged to be married to his, which would have been his second wife. Um... He's a devout Christian. Christian, he reads the Bible every day. Well, he used to read Bible every day. He has preached on many of the interviews that he's done in recent times, or many life appearances he's made. He, he he was a transitional deacon, and he was aspiring to be a pastor. Um, he has fifteen children from nine different women. He was married to his wife, first wife, well, his only wife for eleven years. They have four children. However, he had a series of children throughout their relationship. Very tumultuous, but they remain very good friends. Um, actually, he went to jail for not paying her child support. But anyway, they were very, very good friends. Very, very good friends, it seems. Um, and then he was engaged to this lady. Um, I can't remember her name, but Desiree. And they had a son born in 2016, so he would be last of them, or last known child, which is the 15th child. What else, what else did you want to get into on this Um on this hot topic well the, other thing, well the other thing with george floyd i just um i think we talked about it before and it was just interesting i didn't know the verdict came out yesterday but you know we, we all know that he was found guilty on all charges but i wanted to make a point that this is just a first step in judgment and change because like oh, oh you oh you're gonna go to an limb and say that it's a first step well it's something, because I mean, he could have been found not guilty, and then you know that would have been a different, different, you know, we'd be having a different conversation altogether. SP gossips, what, what's your, what's your take? On oh, him being found guilty? Yeah. Um, I have watched the entire process with a sense of intense, sorry, intense suspicion at the true motives behind every single person that's. I, and that shows the deeply rooted cynicism that I have in me, this society and the people who live in it. Every single doctor, every single policeman, and every single person that testified that that man's death was a homicide, was true asphyxiation by the pressure of a knee on a neck and in a prone position while being handcuffed and all the rest of it. I watched those people say those things and do you know the thought that went through my mind? Not that, yes, justice is being served. Yes, these people are telling the truth. The thought that went through my mind is, hmm, 
So did you all decide to make a calculated decision to save society from the absolute <laughs> turmoil? Absolute <laughs> turmoil? Turmoil is not the word, B. I don't know. Like the absolute Mad Max, terrodrome, apocalyptic set of madness that would have happened. Yeah. If you didn't find him guilty, is and that what's happening here? And I just want to say that that has encapsulated my feeling about that horrid, heated, putrescent, rotting carcass of a country that America, I think. Given that I said all of that, what's your take, Jermaine? Um, my thoughts on it are similar to yours. I, I didn't think so much about... I didn't think so much about them considering what the outcome would be, but more the fact that they were interested personally to remain on the side of, I don't want to say political correctness, but just given the current climate, they don't on want- the right side of history as they call it? Correct. They, they, they don't want to be the one to say, oh, well, yeah, it was just a little slight me. You know, a little slight knee in the neck never killed nobody. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they <laughs> wanted to be that. And um, I think they're acutely aware of what that would mean. And I mean, with social media being as it is, like honestly, social media right now is judge and jury. And to exist in in like a digital world, like we do know, you will always be the person who took the stand and said something that did not cook. Um, convict Derek Chauvin you would just always be that person so it's like it'll almost be like you know just social suicide if you went against that so I think for me I I think it was more that than them being interested or considering I think I think what what you spoke to is then a, a bigger a bigger conversation about what it would have meant but I don't know, when I look back on some of these things that have happened, I, I, I don't know if it matters what the response would have been from the Black community or, or for those persons who, who, who stand with the Black community on, on this particular issue, if I be totally honest. I mean, they, they dragged the man out of the car and he was wearing army fatigues, for God's sake. So, I mean, phew. And, uh, you saw a girl yesterday and she was 16. That got shot. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even had a chance to jump into that yet. So so I guess I guess for me, Rob, yeah, I I didn't find out she was she was she was at some sort of altercation or something was going on. It was See, apparently the video the video showed that she I mean I saw the video um yesterday and it, it mashed me up. I was like, what the hell? Because the guy the policeman got out and he's like, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, 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 get down, get hey, get down, get down. Four shots. Well, um, well. And the, 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 the claim in the article is that she had a knife in her hand and she was going after one of the other girls with the knife and he shot her to stop her from going at the other person. Mm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, have either of you um watched Distant Strangers on Netflix? No, I haven't. Are you aware of it though, SBZ? No. You no. have no idea what we're talking about. SB gossips. What about you? Uh no. Just Google, just Google Wacket like real quick right now. And just look for the image and then you'll thank me. 
So basically, Distant Strangers is a short film that I don't know who wrote it, but the lead actor is played by Joey Badass. I know. Epic, right? Okay. Okay. It is wicked. So so basically, I just gonna, I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but basically what they've done with this short story is that they okay. sought to place the viewer in the mind's eye of a black person in America just trying to navigate being black in America. And have, have you guys Googled it yet? SPF yes. you on top of it? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what happens is that they, they reenact. It's this one scene that plays over and over with the interaction between Joey Badass and a police officer who's hell-bent on doing what? Ding, ding, ding. Killing him. And so each instance, Joey changes his approach. He tries to befriend him. He tries to tell him, well, no, I'm sorry, officer. No, 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 no. He's, he's saying, well, that, that cigarette smells like it has in marijuana up against. Let me check your bag. He's like, well, respectfully, you can't just check my bag. I can do whatever I want. Blah, blah, blah. Bah, bah, bah. And then he wakes up and it happens again and again and again and again and again. And it was the most powerful thing that I have watched in a very long time because it kind of brought home the idea that it does not matter. It literally does not matter what the black person does because they're dead. They're dead on the police, the police person's arrival, you know, because they've decided that who you are is a threat to me. Your existence threatens me. And, and I, I think it is. I actually don't even think. I know that a lot of people reason that because they see black people as inherently bestial or, um, or manic, and they talk about this superhuman, um, the, you know, George Floyd was a big guy, and about how um, Michael Brown, that was his name, was, was, was like a Hulk coming at me and all that bullshit. I, I have difficulty not going past that reasoning and, and coming to what I think is at this at the down in the bottom of the barrel in the nasty picker slip at the bottom is you don't value black persons as human and if a person is not human then you don't think twice about using lethal force to prevent them from doing something who thinks twice well some people do many more people don't think twice about ending the lives of non-human things you mean like a cockroach or a centipede or a millipede or a millipede. No, millipedes are fine. What, what the fuck has a millipede ever done to a person? But I said the peed and I caught roach. What killing? Roach. Roach. With the roaches. With the roaches. With the roaches. With the roaches. I want the roaches. I'm sorry. We're sorry. That is such an inside joke, SB. I cannot even tell you. This is the funniest thing. No, I'm laughing at you. What has the millipede any, ever done to anybody? Well, a millipede doesn't do anyone anything. It doesn't do anyone anything. It doesn't sting. And, and, and I mean, okay, so uh, let's not get distracted. Yeah, let's not get distracted. If you have value for life, then you will think twice about ending it. It is amazing to me, a man with my particular convictions when it comes to religion and science and, and, and spirituality, that I am concerned with maintaining life more than a lot of other people who just kill things like, like because they don't look good to them. They're ugly. I don't want it in my house. 
You but, just ended the life of a thing because it's not in your house. But, and getting back to black people, if the person who lands on the scene is a person who in their subconscious does not value or see black life as equal as life, life, right? Then, then the way in which you behave will be different. You will not act to preserve the person's life as a priority while you resolve the situation. No, but, but you see, I don't know if I can totally agree with you because when I look at these instances, I mean, sure, it's easy. It's easy to say, yes, they, they don't value the life. But for me, there must be some intrinsic fear that Black people are currently... I'm not saying that there isn't. I guess you understand know what I mean? Like, yes, and maybe we are battling about which of those has the greater impact on the subconscious of the person doing the killing. Yes, I think because I don't disagree with you. Because when, when I think about the taser thing, right, the taser gun thing, so a taser on one side, gun on the next side, and I pulling for the gun. Me pulling for the gun in my mind. If you think about all your synapses firing, right? If you're in like your fight or flight mode, a taser, you're thinking about subduing something and preserving it, right? So you must, you must care. When you go for that gun, that well, gun is well, like... Imagine Mr. Eddie Taser for a gun, you know, that you accidentally shoot and kill somebody. A Taser is not a gun, though. The, what, the girl, the lady, Amy. Amy, she shot and killed a guy recently. She mistaken. Her. Yeah. A Taser is not a gun, though. She made does it have the same weight? It doesn't, doesn't have the same weight? Doesn't have the same shape or feel? It's going to be on a different side? Like... Come on, like some someone was arguing that maybe the problem is the way that police are trained, <clears throat> and I'm just I just think they're 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 doing what they were trained to do. Honestly, which which is which so is many... to kill perps. Baby, give me a sassy. Which is to kill perps, <laughs> um, people who are threatening, and and I don't know I don't know about the psychology of how how police officers are trained, but I am sure that stereotypes plays a large part in that because well, i wanna i wanna talk about very quickly about the racial significance sorry the historical significance of policing in america is that many police associations many police departments or policing groups that became then police force um, um groups that became police departments and so on who out of slave um slave capturing mobs um white people who got together who police, in inverted commas, um, runaway slaves. They ran down slaves. They recaptured them if they had escaped. They punished them by possibly killing them or beating them or lynching them, as an example of maybe some of the others that had run away. This is where many of the police departments, if you trace them back through the history of um, the American um, saga on the world stage, you will find that many of them are rooted in deeply racist groups of people who were uh, hell-bent on preserving the, um, the bondage of the, 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 the black African peoples that were, in, that were enslaved. And when you think about the way in which right. the current police departments and so on in the US feed black persons into the prison, the, the prison complex, which are often private or um, um, organizations which are paid money to house these people and how there is this, this 
but disproportionate among the, the everything is just a mess. You got what seventy percent of your prisons are black people, when only thirty percent of the population is black. I don't know. That might be an exaggeration at seventy. What is it, sixty-nine? I don't know. It's crazy. So when you look at the way in which these things have grown up out of a systemically racist, racist society, it's not just that they. It, yes, it is the dream. It is also the families that the people came out of. It is the the police associations themselves, the unions, the blue wall of silence. The, in the justice system that backs it up, the prison system waiting for them, for the for them, and all of the corporate individuals like lawyers, bank owners, property owners, insurance, and everybody else that maintain systems that maintain poverty. And what if you're poor? Who does more crime? Poor people. It's the entire system is you value black people so that they get killed. As a word. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just Dante Wright just showed me that. I mean, not just because I mean you have so many mass killings, and there are white perpetrators, a Latin American perpetrators, and these people, if they don't take their life, more likely they walk out of it in handcuffs. But people that the advocates say this. You know, we're fighting for the next generation, the generation after that, the next generation after that. Maybe in 50 years, what we're doing now is going to make a difference. So you can't stop fighting. Well, fair enough. Um, what I wanted to say as a more positive item was, did you see that Ebro, Ebro gave Doja Cat some flowers for her lyrical content? Let me, let me not, let me not misquote him, sorry. Let me not misquote him. Ebro? Ebro. Let me go back to it. Here we go. Here we go. Well, the internet cooperates with me, yeah. Doja Cat's rapping skills gets top-notch rating from Hot 97's Oh My Ebro. Well, that's weird. You can argue that. You can argue that you don't like what Doja Cat, Doja Cat has to say when rapping, but her rapping abilities are top-notch. Stylistically speaking, she can do almost any style. That's what I said about her. That's what he said? Yeah. Trisale, you're very quiet. I don't know if he's there. Maybe he dropped off. No, no, no. I'm definitely here. I'm definitely here. So that was something that I just thought I found interesting. He was basically as an old man hero that is kind of like the um, like the other side of the um Joe Button coin. <laughs> uh, yeah. He wrote a list of um top 50 he has Kanye West as 50 this can't be in any order though well he has Jay-Z as number one he has well, we, are we doing that top 50 listing again no 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 we no 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 I just scrolled down <laughs> under under the what he said and I saw that tweet as well I'll send you the link but um he was just saying that you know Doja Cat is a breath is a breath of fresh air um she's bringing some undeniable talent through say hip hop and he just was recognizing her for that 
And then there's also a mention of Methaman and Redman versus Bahala. That was last night, I believe it was, for 20 Oh my gosh, it was epic. Did any of the two of I did not see it live. I saw the clips um, and I was very impressed. At, you know, I'm a huge Method Man. I don't say huge. I'm a fan of Method Man and Redman um, and their style and what they bring to the industry and their authentic. Authenticity. <laughs> That's very much like, um, specifically for some people. Yeah. But um, you, yeah. Did you check it out, Josala? What was that? The verses? Yeah. Uh, people sent it to me, but nah, I honestly, I think verses are corny. <laughs> All right. I, no, I no, we're not doing that. that. We're not doing that tonight. We are going to discuss They're corny this. to me. They're corny, yo. Like, they're corny. Stop but with the verses shit. Just say, ch come check out Red Red and Meth performing some of their hits and chopping it up. Stop with his verses, guys. It's not verses. Well, I mean, the verses wasn't a verses. You know, Matt and Red are a group. Yeah. They did, they did their thing and they performed amazingly. It was awesome. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, okay. Well, I'm I going to be honest. I'm over verses. I think it's still no. I think that Timbaland and Swiss just need to stop. But I do think there's a space virtually for like a like an ongoing platform for people to come in and watch live sessions with like artists and stuff and i think that'll be dope maybe you know watch people create and like do something magical together like that's dope but i don't know i just over verses and they're like oh, verses method man stop it no one cares no one cares how many well, people attended what i was just about to say uh, when i watched well, it it was one hundred and sixty-five thousand. That's the highest I heard. I think it, I think the highest I saw was at one seventy four. And the highest recorded ever was the one with. Oh, with um, I, don't know. I think it was one of the. Wasn't it Jill Scott? And Erica, you sure? The Earthman and Fire. It was Earthman and Fire. I can't remember, bro. Like. No, they said that. Well, this was a revolty girls last year because I was saying Gucci Man and. Right, the the Gucci and and what's his name. At the time, Hadi Hayes, Hadi Hayes, um, and that was like what 500k? Oh, well, in total, it was 9.1 million, right? For the entire for the entire time, um, yeah. You mean at Gucci Man and Yeezy? And, and Yeezy, it was easy. crazy, yeah. crazy 9.1 million. What, yeah, that's damn, that's, yeah. that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, but why? I don't even understand how they managed. I don't know. Well, well, you you come on. You know, people love drama, and people were looking to see what Gucci Mane would do. I'm being very honest with you. I thought Gucci was so corny and that because, like, wait, you come on, you're just mad shots. Like, you mind? Like, you mind attacking you on? Like, anyway, whatever. Yeah. I just, but anyway, that that was what I. I don't. I don't want to put it out there in this this space, but I would like tune in to see, like, local artists like chop it up. I would but tune into like a life cipher. Out, have you checked out Ross's? Um, I guess that's a stand home, the stand home party. No, thing. I mean I don't give a Ross his his life. Oh, his his life or his podcast. You know the podcast, but probably, I think it shows on CBC. No, who's that? Like a, doesn't he have like a? I don't want about a nighttime. Oh gosh, who's that? A nighttime special, an after hours special. They all like the same and another. 
let me let me look at the hold up a second. Mm. Oh. I don't give a rass. That's what it's called. <laughs> Wait, what's going on? I'm sorry. Was I supposed to laugh at that? I don't give a rass. Here we go. It's a late night TV show on CBC. So Taff was on the first episode. Oh, he was. He performed with Chris Irie, yeah. Oh, that's that thing that I saw two of them. Oh, I love their track together from his album, his project, whatever you want to call it. So good. You got me young. The first uh-huh. season of Versus, the top, the top um, rated one was Erica Badu and Joe Scott. That was 700,000. The next season, Brandy and Monica were 1.4 million. The next season, oh, I can't have the numbers wrong. Gucci and Jeezy were 1.8 million. And now we're rolling into this current one with um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. And- right, right. But as you say, as far as you're concerned, it's it's all let's move on. You you guys can keep enjoying it and we can keep doing this. I mean, sure. I guess, yeah. Okay, let me put it this way. It doesn't the kind of artists that come on to me don't suit the format. So for instance, if colors was to do this, I'd be watching every time. Every freaking time I'd be there in the comments, like, oh my god, snow allegra. I'd be there, you know. Love her. You know what I mean? I'd be there for it. But like, it, it almost feels like we're trying to reboot artists. Oh, God. I sound like a hater. But it almost sounds like we're just trying to reboot these artists. We're just trying to give these artists shine because like we like them or whatever. Like, the artists are like really, really popping are actually not on this. You know that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not for them. Right. So this is my thing. Is that versus is not so we're not calling it nostalgia ultra oh rangets what so that <laughs> so, the, so that uh frank also could sue come sue, on huh give me give me that money give me that blonde money but yeah i just i, I know i just find it feels kind of cheesy to me man i i would rather i would rather watch q in the community I think that's more. Oh, come on. You know what? This has been an awesome edition. Come on. You know, you know, if you guys leave me long enough, I'm just going to say something. RIP Black Rob, um, Thought Urban Vincent, Barbadian people, everybody really appreciate life. Appreciate life because. In the community, hard animal. If not for nothing else, we realize that everything that we love a whole dear can be just. Snatched up in a second. Yep. Fine. And then you know what? We, we are going to Q in the community. The next Q in the community says they ever so hard. I'm bad on verses. Bad on verses. Where has podcast live from Q in the community? Live from Q in the community. So we're going to fight oh, girl, ourselves. Oh, oh girl, joking down Trezali. I mean, USBZ. We're going to fight the old head hip hop fans and say, look, yo. Yo, listen, fuck. listen, SP Geriatrics look. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm gonna hold some heat for that one. <sighs> anyway. This has been yeah. 
once again, your um, hosts. Oh, me. <laughs> exactly. SP. Me, SP. It's me, SP. <laughs> Him, SPG. Ah, <laughs> please stop it. I'm gonna die. But yes, and, and Trizil. Yeah, I'm coming to uh, twice a, a day. Yeah, two, take, two to take two Take two and like no, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> where it has where it has beer coming soon? Ill. 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 Correct. <laughs> you know. Oh there, and you're you're one and only. SP can't decide on a final name for that G. This has been the Warehouse Podcast. We out. We out. Bye. Guys, thanks so much for kicking it with us. Trizale, SPG, SB, we out.